Welcome everybody to another MediaWorks Digital Masterclass. Um, this week we are talking Christmas um, and we've got a notable lack of any sort of tinsel or baubles or anything about our person. Um, so look, I, I think for this one, um, what we wanted to do is was look at, it's kind of one of these seasonal things that we, we enjoy doing um, as we get closer to, to the big day. Um, we want to discuss what opportunities there might be around the festive season. Um, I, I think looking at how we explore the shifts in, in kind of what we're seeing in kind of consumer patterns and consumer uh, behavior um and i think a bit of advice from 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 the team that we've got together today to look at uh, oh my goodness who wrote this <laughs> how they slay their way to success um so um i, I think we're uh, while we're lacking glitter and sparkle and tinsel hopefully we're, we're, we're full of good advice we've got a great team together i'm i'm Christian Sarasola, I'm I'm MediaWorks Group DPR director. I'm going to play a little dual role today. I think of of both host and contributor, uh, but also contributing. We've got uh, Tom uh, Tom Chandler, who's our head of paid search and shopping. Good morning, Tom. Morning, morning. Uh, we've also got uh, Anna Chadwick, who's one of our strategic planners at MediaWorks. Here, morning, Anna. Hi, everyone. Morning. Um, and then we've got Richie Lewins as well, uh, creative designer. Really excited for, for Richie to be joining us this morning. Good morning, Richie. Morning, guys. Cool. Right. Fab panel. Um, let's crack on. Um, I, I think as marketers, we, we, we do see this, obviously, as a, as a real critical kind of point in the year. Um, but, but why? Why do we see this as, as so important? Anna, can I, can I throw this one to you? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I think... For me and sort of where my role plays into this in terms of uh, where my interest lies looking at you know where's those market shifts where's those potential audience shifts and overarchingly you know how does behavior change and I think you know we can look at that in two aspects obviously this is looking at sort of behaviors around Christmas and behaviors around the festivities but even looking broader just in a Q4 and as we enter Q4 you know what's important and ultimately how do those behavior changes take hold so there's obvious influences you know these sort of darker nights and cold weather we know that sort of increases that shared domestic time people spending more time consuming content increasing in their media consumption and that influx of sort of time spent with friends and family as well but one thing I sort of was keen to kick off with today and potentially not so much in the context of Christmas is what is important to our sort of audiences top level at the minute and how I've done this is we um, use a tool called GWI for anyone who hasn't had exposure to it it's sort of a weekly survey tool that can survey people across the world across a multitude of factors as well whether that is sort of demographic value graphic sort of firmographic um what's going on in their world basically and some of the key ones for september that they've pulled out that's coming up as um an important influence and hopefully you can map through how these might influence our sort of um, Christmas marketing campaigns or just generally our Q4 campaigns so unsurprisingly sort of sustainability is continuing to be on the agenda they've recently surveyed in the context of fashion and there's now as many as 40% of those UK respondents saying that they're most likely to buy a pre-owned or second-hand product when looking for fashion and I think that's quite a surprising statistic potentially but is showing how those purchase habits are shifting whether that's in light of sort of cost pressures and um, this bigger push on being a bit more strategic with the purchases and making sure we're not over consuming and later on I'll talk about how that's sort of taken hold in our Christmas consumption habits as well this year but another one I was keen to sort of call out initially is they've done some research in reviews and sort of the growing importance of reviews and there's definitely a push there and hopefully within um any listeners sort of business context you can understand how that'll take hold so nearly 50 percent of these uk respondents have um said that they're leaving reviews semi-regularly so we've got this level of engagement with that review content and within that the most common incentives for doing so quite interestingly the highest incentive to do so is feeling a strong way about the quality of the product or service received interestingly the second one was then being given an incentive to do so whether that's money off code sort of um rewards and things like that so for me, it was really interesting to see that there's this want to engage with reviews to potentially inform other people going through that purchase decision, going through that buying experience, as it may be. 
And I think that feeds into one bit um, that they built on this with, and it's that, you know, nearly 50% are then saying that reading a review is the very, the most important element of their purchase decision and understanding, you know, what have other people experienced with that product? What else are they potentially going through? And then of that, 40% have said it's actually made them change their mind about making a purchase. So I think that was one thing I was quite keen to sort of cover off ahead of the sort of festive conversation, because it is true of both the B2B and B2C buying journey. We deal with clients across both elements and reviews are a common hold amongst that. So I think one key sort of thing I would be keen to be advising that you need to consider is how do you make sure that you've got those trust metrics ready available, whether that's on site, whether that's through your sales experience, whether that's sort of how you amplify across socials and whatnot? And how do you have those reviews and write reviews in place to guide that purchase journey? I think during Q4, especially where we're potentially going to see increased um, retail across the B2C markets, but in B2B as well, you know, how do we look beyond Q4 and make sure we're building up that review portfolio as it's ultimately going to be sort of boosting that um, likelihood to engage with product or service as it may be. But sort of dialing back and coming back into Christmas, I think, you know, we need to start sooner than later with that Christmas. Um, we know a lot of our clients have come and already getting underway with these Christmas campaigns as it may be, you know, we've got to consider when is the right time to start communicating Christmas, to start communicating value and sort of that increased purchase behaviours as well. And a recent um, study by Deloitte has said 54% are actually starting their Christmas shopping pre-December. So over half the people will already be considering getting ahead with Christmas. And interestingly, of those 54, 33% of those are looking to start pre-December in order to get better prices. So there's potentially this narrative that within December, there's a bit of a price change or there's a less likelihood to get that good deal. And I think that sort of feeds into um, the conversations around Black Friday and things that we'll cover as well. So how do we capitalise on that higher intent pre-December, communicate value in terms of pricing as well, but then also keep them engaged through December and buy it up until the end of Q4? And I think ultimately that sort of feeds into where Tom can support and look at those sort of changes in media consumption and how that links to that demand for buying and those purchase behaviours as well. Yeah, so I suppose to to come on to that side of things. And um, so this will be the, I think the sixth peak period that I've kind of went through in terms of the, the lead up to Christmas. And there's certainly some um, things that I've noticed over the years in terms of how like, users do change their um, consumption and demand, but also like the, the ways that we should be using, um, like from my perspective and my side of things from the performance marketing side. Um, one of the, the big things and the big advantages that a performance marketer has in particular in the lead up to Christmas is the fact that more than ever, we have the ability to um, in real time optimize our performance. And th the reason for that is um, because the, the volume of data is so significant um, over this next quarter in terms of the number of people that are online and the volume of orders that retailers are looking to be um, or are able to produce. So what that does give us is a lot of flexibility in terms of making um, adjustments to things like bidding strategies, to add copy, um, and really focusing on the return on investment that we are looking to capture when if we compare it to previous quarters or other months of the year that ability to be as responsive um necessarily doesn't uh, present itself so that that's a big one in terms of the ability to learn and learn quickly and therefore be um quite responsive off the back of that um, in addition to that because we are going into um, a peak period where there's lots of people online but also advertisers are scaling up their investment we do see Generally speaking, the, the cost per clicks across Meta, across you know, TikTok, and even Google Ads, the, the CPCs generally will increase due to the increased competition, despite there being more people online. However, the level of intent, um, the conversion intent that we do see online almost outweighs that to a degree. So it's the biggest opportunity, and I'm probably stating the obvious for, for any retailer that's been through this period, is that the traffic is is more expensive but what we do see is conversion rates significantly higher so you know there is the potential to really um achieve a, a high return on investment a high return on ad spend across these 
this peak period and um, it kind of gives a lot of advertisers like two options. Do you focus on maximizing profitability over the peak period where you can take advantage of, of high conversion rates and perhaps keep media spend um, consistent so you have more um of a profitable period but also then um, the second option would be it gives significant opportunity for retailers if they did want to maximize um, gross sales and really start to drive kind of high um, gross revenue value so there's, there's those kind of benefits that we see off the back of the kind of cost efficiency side of things um, improve from a return perspective um, I suppose in addition to that the fact that when we go into this period, again, more than ever, and I'm speaking more so to the more smaller to medium size um, retailers when it comes to the, the, the multi-channel synergy that we have um, or that we would really look to um, leverage across this period. So using social platforms like Meta and TikTok alongside Google Ads, this is the, the time period to be doing that because you need to have that balance of boosting that brand visibility in what is going to be a quite a crowded marketplace so you need to try and stand out within that um but then also using the the data that you capture from those social channels and then feeding that into the more um in a bottom of the funnel activity that could be through your shopping pmax and, and search um campaigns about what audiences are working best what data can you perhaps pass between the two but then also it, it works backwards what information can we pass from the, the bottom of the funnel acquisition to, to make sure that we are filling the, the top of the hopper um more effectively those kind of areas are a big one in terms of i say that multi-channel um synergy and then i think that the final one for me just from a um a consumption demand side of things is that across this period we are going to be incredibly data driven because of the large volume we, we've kind of done this peak period with advertisers that might spend you know one grand in december all the way up to maybe a hundred grand or something like that but what it does give is a lot of data and therefore um having robust measurement in place is quite important to make sure that you are able to make data driven um, decisions off the back of that because as the, you, you are able to if you're running a promotion, you're able to see very quickly in terms of the impact on things like cost per clicks or click-through rates or conversion rate to really understand whether what you're you're running across this peak period is having the, the most impact for your customer base. Thank you, Tom. Richie, um, you wanted to talk about, um, I, I think, that, that potential shift in focus around messaging and, and, yeah. and kind of how we communicate, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, so for me, the holidays, it's, this is the best time to develop an emotional connection with your customers. And it's a time of the year when you can show them that you care and you go above and beyond commercial interactions without coming across as pushy. And as Christmas becomes more about consumerism and it's the brands that remind us that the more you remind them that it's about um, more than just giving presents, that's that's when it, you, like, like that gives your brand the chance to stand out. Um, and it's things we go back to like last year. So I think it was no two or three years ago. So we had we had a really heart wrenching advert where John Lewis focused on loneliness with the Man in the Moon advert, and they. That was the one that got everyone talking and that drove everyone to go to YouTube and, and watch that advert as well. And it's 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 given that really strong message. And I, th I think that's hugely important um, as well. So we took it on the customer's heartstrings a bit, really. And then last year, again, to go back to John Lewis, we had another one where the foster father was like trying so hard to make his... Um, his foster daughter, his new foster daughter, welcoming where he was falling off the skateboard constantly, and and she she knocks on the door at the end, and she's got a hold of her skateboard, and, and it's it's those there where it kind of, it's it's so emotive, but it always ends on a on a happy note if if you get me so so focusing on things like nostalgia and emotions amongst other things, and having the best Christmas art, it, it it just gives that brand a glow, and then that glow that enhances the brand in the eyes of the public and it's perceived as wholesome, family-orientated, and above all, for me, the main one, you gain in that element of trust with, with your yeah. customers. Mm. And it's and it's the trust that brands strive for as it, that translates into greater sales, which, let's face it, guys, that's that's your end goal, above all. It's a, it, it's a good point, and it was, it was one I was sort of wanted to, to build on as well, is that, that kind of changing message, certainly from a, a sort of a communications and PR point of view, how 
um, you know, if you take that John Lewis example, they, they don't really have a huge play on on kind of such such warm messages apart from when you know it gets to christmas and, and kind of we, we, i think we've seen lots of brands yeah and um, certainly over the last few years have really changed i think that that message certainly in in their ads but a, a, around wider comms as well it's more yeah. um I, I think it's more about um kind of how how we make people feel um at christmas so it's, it's become you know and, and kind of then understanding what's going on in the world so um it, it, look, I, I think you know that there are elements where um you know we're in a, a cost of living crisis so adverts around excess and indulgence and things like that just don't tend to play out very well anymore yeah. so you see more and more like that um i know um uh, with, with others kind of co-op as well we're, we're, we're very kind of purpose driven over the last couple of years too so it does feel like a good time at christmas is to get over um the the, 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 the kind of the more the, the softer side of what you're about as a brand i think um it's, and, it's you know, keeping that brand at the forefront of your mind as well so it's obviously we, we're not focusing on a particular product with it we actually it's more brand awareness above all, and it's, yeah. it's ones that can get people talking and, and chatting in the office amongst each other about, wow, did you have you seen this advert? And it's just getting that brand awareness out there. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, for, yeah, from, from from my point of view as well, I, I think kind of the key thing in comms it is about timing. I mean, we're where are we now? We're sort of first first couple of days of October. Um, certainly in a in in a, in a comms and PR sense, and 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 any of you who on 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 the calls today uh, um, are, are charged with kind of the PR and comms around this time. You, you'll probably be familiar with a tool called Response Source. Um, and I think there was some analysis of, of last year's patterns on Response Source where um, the peak time for journalists to, to kind of, essentially it's a, it's a platform where journalists can request things from, from PR people um, in terms of, uh, you know, articles or, or features that they're building out around this time of year. So we had a look at the analysis last year. Um, Christmas-related requests reached their peak in early October and then started sort of falling away after that point. So already we're, we're at that point where we, we sort of almost want to be kind of full guns um, at, at what we're doing in terms of, of, of comms. So, um, and, and what we saw with that was kind of the, in, in terms of response source and, and kind of Christmas-related requests, there were very few actually in December. So I think this backs up a lot of kind of the insight we're seeing that so many more people now are sort of getting ahead of the game when it comes to Christmas in, in terms of their behaviour and, and their desire to kind of, you know, find a bargain or their, their buying intent um it was a really interesting point you made there earlier time around kind of why the eyeballs might be more expensive their their, their convergence generally tends to be far more successful so we can see that people's intent is is there um, and that's coming sort of earlier and earlier in the year um i i think when you look around kind of message as well um it, it's it's sort of that easy i think sometimes for us to sit there and sort of go oh yeah you know and kind of coca-cola have done great and john lewis have done great that, that they sort of started somewhere when you think about the the, the holidays are coming thing and, and the coca-cola truck arriving um i had a look back they, they started that nearly 30 years ago and it's something that they've stuck at um and and that 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 has almost now become that sort of nostalgia piece and kind of people do feel far warmer for, for nostalgia around Christmas time as well. So um, those things that kind of make Christmas for us, whether that's with sort of spending time with family or friends or, um, you know, it might be certain films or it might be kind of songs and all of those things do, do very, very well, of course, uh, was it as there was it kind of um, dipped into Elf uh, last year as well, which again, you know, it's come a, it's become a bit of a, a sort of a, a Christmas staple in so many people households um that you you have the opportunity to tap into um second question and i, and I will drop in here because I, I totally forgot to tell you at the top if you do have any questions during this session um do please feel free to drop them into the q a and we'll we'll try our best to get them uh before before the end uh so second question um can't discuss christmas without discussing what has become iconic tv advertising i think we've touched on one of these um that but does TV advertising really work? And what can we learn from those big brands? Richie? So, yeah, I mean, the impact also isn't just at Christmas as well. It'll set you up for the year ahead. Um, it's really important to remind the consumers of your brand at this time of year as well. I mean, not all ads are going to hit their intended targets, but a good Christmas ad should tell a good story. For me, um, in which the brand plays a key part and trigger an emotional response, which I think we've already touched on there. Um, but it's it's also, for me, not to be too serious. 
are too sad and you've always got to end on on that happy note so it is you do get that warm kind of fuzzy fuzzy feeling um and we can measure these you can measure the impact of these adverts using tools such as the bravery index um and that analyzes the advert objectively which is tricky um with st- and statistically measures influence by the media media spend uh, respondents often influenced by each other the bravery index it's it's an interesting approach it's a combination of uh, galvanic skin response facial cordon and eye tracking that allows comparison of emotional response to different adverts which um it's it's a brand new thing to me as well that this is it's like it tracks where your eyes going on the screen it's it look kind of looks at what you're looking for it's a fantastic tool um Rational sales activated marketing strategies as well while delivering quick results. And for the most part, they're not memorable at all. So over the long term, it's emotional advertising that delivers success um, and build that brand fame and therefore ultimately profit. Which I'll pass you over to Tom to talk about um, the spend. Yeah, so I think... um... Something I wanted to talk about, like similar to what Richie was mentioning there about, I suppose, using this time period to build that longer term um, connection with your your customer base. And um, we often look at this quarter that we're going into as being the golden quarter, the quarter where obviously the the big opportunity for the year lies. And um, one of the, I suppose, piece of marketing research, um, the, the long and short of it, being really, I suppose, important across this peak period is the difference, for example, between advertisers that will look at just sales activation and those advertisers that will look at sales activation um, and brand activation. And I suppose the big thing with this, when we look at it perhaps more from a, a brand activation side of things, is using emotion to um, influence what people are um us was believing on what they're what they're seeing across your brand and i think that's one of the the really important parts that enables you to influence people about the price of of what you're selling and therefore they're willing to pay on that side of things and also the impact of of emotion is significantly more um longer lasting um so it it's a longer lasting approach and therefore strategy and it it makes the the brands that adopt a more brand activation alongside sales activation approach that bit more resilient as i've worked with a number of retailers across these peak periods and the retailers that have either had the most amount of success um are the ones that have invested and realized that this period is one to be investing in that brand activation because christmas is quite an emotional time and if we talk about the impact of emotion this is, is, is really important versus some of the advertisers that I've, I've worked with where they don't, for example, look at brand activation and they're purely focusing on sales activation, which is really focusing on much shorter time uh, periods to kind of capture that um, kind of user intent. They're either not here anymore because their businesses hasn't been able to survive through challenging periods like COVID or, you know, what, what's happened in the last 18 months. Um, or they, they are still here, but they're operating at a much lower scale and they're having to kind of rethink their strategy. So that is, is one of the big things that I've seen, um, the good and the bad across this time period in terms of using the principles of the, the long and short of it through sales activation alongside brand activation to build a a more, I suppose, robust um, strategy that takes advantage of this, this period, which is a very emotional time period, um, but to ultimately influence what people are, are purchasing and, and buying online. Yeah, it's a good point. I think that that um, sort of emo- yeah emotional brand engagement is it, it, is that time of year where I think we you know as as consumers we are more receptive to those messages, um, which is why sort of I, I think brands are are therefore then quite happy to to um, spend a, you know big chunks of their budget sort of around Christmas time. Interesting. Um, Anna, is there uh, anything else you've seen in terms of trends and insight that you can share where where we might be able to, to sort of look look to capitalise commercially in, in sort of the last few months of this year? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, based on what we've said so far, based on what everybody knows, sort of the overarching theme here is that there's a lot of noise in Q4. There's, everybody seems to be stepping up a little bit. Everybody wants to sort of get their brand seen, their voice heard, especially in B2C. And I think looking at those B2C consumer trends, we need to understand, you know, 
how do we break through that? How do we potentially understand where our audience priorities are lying, where the market priorities are lying, and ultimately in line with those so that we're breaking through that noise and potentially not pushing a age-old message where we've seen success, you know, in the likes of keeping brand messaging consistent. I think that completely stands. But how do we not just sort of repeat the same message year on year and how do we adapt and respond to those changing consumer priorities as well? So I was keen to sort of just cover off some of the top level sort of Q4 trends that we're definitely seeing from consumers, sort of looking at behaviours and towards the end of 2022, how can we understand how they're going to act 2023? I think a key thing for us, and it'll be co- come as no surprises, obviously budget is front of mind, potentially more front of mind than it has been in a long time. We've got, you know, sort of these soaring energy prices, the cost of living crisis in this UK is having a direct implication on how people are engaging with the festivities, how people are shopping and how people are spending. So recent research has said, you know, 36% of British shoppers are likely to spend less on themselves this Christmas. Now, I was reading research recently and a a large part of that Christmas retail experience and that Christmas buying behaviour does involve buying for yourself. I don't know. Personally, I can say I'm quite guilty of it. Um, when you see things and it ends up being a purchase for yourself as well. So there's definitely always been that. And that seems to be the key point where we're seeing a drawback in people's spending. So where they would have potentially bought for others and themselves, it might be having their budget dedicated to others because of this cost of living crisis. But saying that 27% are actually looking to spend less on other people as well and be a bit more strategic with their spending. So I think, you know, whatever market you sit within, whoever you target, it's important that you understand, you know, those particular needs and show that sensitivity to cost and potentially the change in economic situation to be able to develop sort of long-term customers. And we don't want to push a message all year round around cost saving and think, oh, well, Q4 is Christmas, everyone's spending, we need to step away from that. I think there is an element of maintaining that sort of awareness and sort of sympathy to the situation as well. Again, sort of building on that, you know, growth of noise and there are a lot going on. What brands do well in some of those, you know, large brands we've mentioned that have done well is it's very natural content. It's more brand building, as we've said. It's not too pushy, should we say. And I think a key sort of area within marketing tactics that sees and sort of capitalizes on that being able to seem more natural is the user generated content where it feels like it's coming from somebody you know somebody you trust almost building on that preference for reviews as well and that's where we see those influencer and micro influencer marketing spends sort of um increasing or at least maintaining investment and um Again, from research, so 89% of marketers currently engaging with influencers are likely to increase or maintain that spend during Q4. And I think that helps where people want to step away from potentially the more traditional advertising channels. It's a it's a more natural and more consumable way of keeping that brand front of mind when people might not necessarily be in that search and experience. But then one more thing, you know, as well, is we're seeing this overarching and primarily amongst these younger generations, this preference to cut back and whether that's cut back in what you buy or cut back in your spending, we're definitely seeing this overarching sort of story here. So Gen Z and millennials have been uh, called out as tightening purse strings this Christmas and they're looking at the average spend being around £215. So that has come down sort of year on year, I think, don't quote me on this but about five years ago we were looking at more towards the 300 pound mark and it's definitely come down but there's also this again linking back to that sustainability look looking to cut back on that over consumption and the typical associations of christmas web by people go over the top whether that's within sort of gifting but also in sort of how we consume over that festive period as well you know this isn't limited to just sort of retail that's gifting presence necessarily we've got sort of you know the fast moving consumer good market as well people over sort of consume there and they're potentially looking to sort of move away from that traditional way of over consumption and how they can be more grateful for what they have potentially pull back on that spending and i wanted there just to sort of draw on um a quote I read about recently, and it was from Richard Clapham, who is um, 
part of the Waste and Resource Action Programme. And he's described the younger generation having this awakening in how they think about the planet and wanting to shift away from sort of conventional gifts that have that implication on the planet necessarily. And he's, you know, he said they're looking for these experiences rather than just stuff. And I think it's part, he's called out that it is partly driven by that concern for the planet, but also because of the amount of stuff people already have. But for me, I think the thing I take from this isn't, you know, people aren't buying gifts. It's ultimately how do we assign an emotional value to that gift? How do we assign an experience to that gift that's going to ultimately make somebody want to purchase that for the experience of gifting it, for providing it to someone else? You know, how do we assign an experiential element to that buying to stop it seeming just like an overconsumption of products or that, you know, typical buying for buying's sake? How do we assign that experience and sort of push people through that as well um, and I think you know as I say that's not to say people aren't purchasing they absolutely are purchasing and some um again research by Deloitte I was keen to sort of call out in terms of where we're seeing those sort of top retail categories is sort of spanning the typical expectations I would say clothing continues to sort of dominate as I said, that fast moving consumer goods, whether it is that food and beverage. But an interesting one to call out around top Christmas um, categories engaging with is health and wellness. And we'll jump onto this a little bit later. And it's how do we start communicating the sort of fresh year, that new start earlier? And is it that people during this festive period are actually starting to look further than Christmas? And is Q4 a time to balance that Christmas communication alongside that sort of Q1 and further, that 2024 conversation as well. And I think that's reflected in how they are purchasing. And then just as well, some, you know, top level sort of shopper behaviours during this um, holiday season. It's definitely looking at the top one there. You know, we've got 85% who are preferring free shipping compared to fast shipping. So it's actually that linking all the way back to, you know, those consumers are potentially starting that Christmas shopping pre-December so aren't as reliant on that next day delivery instant delivery and not actually looking to draw back on that cost and that would link to that sort of you know being more organized to save costs where possible not relying on that fast shipping online continues to dominate I think you know since COVID we've definitely had that shift online sort of slight movement away from the high street that's continuing to sort of dominate with around 66 percent more likely to purchase online but interestingly a lot of people um tend to look at sort of the products look at that experience in store if they can but tend to go and make that purchase online which is quite an interesting one and then sort of a growing one sort of 2022 going into 2023 and beyond is that reliance on social media and how people are utilizing social media to make those purchase decisions as well i think no surprise you know we've seen tiktok sort of overtaking search engines as a way to search now and it's one we need to consider you know how do we shift our strategy if not already there on these social media platforms and if it is going back to you know where Richie was talking around TV advertising how do how do we keep that message consistent across social medias across you know offline platforms if that's what it may take to make sure we've got that omni-channel sort of strategy that's going to guide people through that purchase decision as well I think those for me are some of the key opportunities to consider and take forward absolutely just, just just to jump in there, guys, I mean, for me, TikTok is brand new to me in the last three months or so. And I must say the influence that you get from some products on there is it's mind blown. I never thought I could be so influenced by something, but it's like, check this out. And I'm I'm clicking there and having a look at it. And it, it is. It's I never six months ago, I would say I would never use TikTok. Now I'm on TikTok every night and I'm on <laughs> It's very addictive. It is, it, it is, and nine times out of your ten, you, you're watching rubbish, but you, you're there, you're influenced by some product. There was something popped up the other day, and I thought that would be ideal for the little one for Christmas, and then yeah. you're clicking through. And it is, it is. I mean, things I, I definitely definitely bear in mind, but yeah. Yeah, it's because it's a more, you know, natural, should I say, shopping experience. You're scrolling, yeah. that's seen as your downtime, sort of relaxed time. You don't see that as online shopping, but ultimately you're consuming so much content and having those influencers, that influence and the shopping experience on there yes. is can be so seamless that it's 
doesn't even take you away from the platform and ultimately at that point you're not online shopping but you are purchasing I think that is a shift that I would be looking to make and sort of wanting to capitalize on absolutely yep, definitely Richie, it sounds like a good thing that for your bank balance that you've only discovered TikTok in the last six absolutely, months. Absolutely, Christian, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Tom, what have you got to add? Yeah, I think to be honest, building on a few of um, Anna's points, so I was fortunate last Wednesday to to be at Google for like their peak um, like day, essentially, where it was like a little bit of teaching you stuff, a little bit of scaremongering to make sure that you absolutely have everything um, as it needs to be, but also some like quite useful insights, which like I just share a few today in terms of giving a given a view in terms of what the UK market looks like right now. So 14% of um users say that they have limited impact um in terms of like how they are going to be spending over this peak period. So like 14% is you know quite a small percentage therefore of people are unaffected by what's going on in the world. Um, 32% um, classified themselves as being wary, so conscious of the cost of living crisis and making a few minor adjustments, but seem to be managing okay so far. Um, 23% of people are making real changes. So um, what I was mean by that is delaying purchases, reducing discretionary spending, switch, switching value tiers. Um, so that's 20, 23% of people. And then um, finally, 31% of people um, classified themselves as struggling. So finding it difficult to, to pay household bills, reducing spend and selling some items ultimately to, to try and um, generate some money. So um, quite a, an interesting picture in terms of what the UK looks like right now. And I think if nothing else, you know, I found that useful insight from, from a Google standpoint based on the recent research that, that they had done. Um, but what I would say, and that may sound relatively doom and gloom in terms of some of the, the different um, sort of types of users online in terms of where they are at from a um, from a finance perspective, if that's the right way to say it. But there are like a number of reasons to be optimistic. So um, and a lot of this is, um, actually I should take a step back, is that one of the, the big reasons that I'm optimistic is that this peak period, so peak 23, is going to be probably the most normal peak period we've had in the last three or four years, certainly since um, like before COVID. So it's going to be hopefully comparable to, to 2019. And I think that's a, I don't know, for, for me working in an agency and managing a variety of different clients are positive in the sense that um, there are going to be less curveballs that are thrown, thrown at us. There'll still be a few curveballs, but um, not to the same degree in terms of what we have seen in the last three years, which, which has been really, really interesting from a, an online demand and, and user behavior perspective. Um, but the, the reason I, I sort of say that in terms of why it's going to be a similar or a familiar peak than, than kind of the past few years is the fact that if we look at inflation, so inflation in the euro area has fallen to 6.1%, which is the lowest level since the, the invasion of Ukraine. Unemployment rate, again, is um, at 6.5% 6, 6 across the euro area, which is, again, the, the lowest point um, since the, the war. Um and then finally, from a consumer confidence level, this also is at the highest level that we've seen um, since last February, March time. So um, I think there is certainly room for improvement and we want things to get better because, uh, as I mentioned from the stats of the, across the UK, there are still people that are struggling, which will impact you know, how, how much they do spend and can spend across this peak period. But the trajectory across those three areas, across inflation and employment and consumer confidence um, within the UK, but also uh, you know, the rest of Europe, there are green shoots that, that hopefully we see that in strong performance this peak, but also that continuing into the early and mid part of, of 2024. Super, thank you, um, Amy. I know we, uh, Anna. We've we've talked a lot, um, obviously, around Christmas, and and kind of therefore, then it's very natural that we've we've gone sort of quite heavily retail focused around this, and and kind of where the opportunities might lie. Um, is, is there anything else in sort of Q four that more broadly we as marketers kind of could or should be considering? Yeah, absolutely. I think, as you've said, you know, we have gone in this masterclass quite heavy on retail and that sort of B2C market. It's worth saying, you know, we work with a multitude of clients across that B2B market as well. And it's important, you know, we have similar conversations with them. And yes, priorities might be slightly different for them. But a key sort of overarching theme and something I touched on a little earlier was how do we 
look beyond Q4? How do we, while addressing Q4 and being proactive in Q4, how do we keep that messaging consistent into Q1? And I think that's where the B2B conversation sometimes goes. Obviously, we know ten in the business world there is those reduced working days in December. We're looking at around, I think it's 16-ish working days, 16 to 18, I believe, in December. And it's how do we make sure we're capitalising on people being there on that presence in December and we don't start those marketing activations too late. So we always say to our, you know, business, the audiences, the earlier, the better. Absolutely, you want to be at the peak, sort of have run enough activity by that first week of December and make sure you're accessing that largest audience. You know, with the B2B uh, side of it, you know, how do we start communicating for 2024? You know, in January 1st like the plan for this year we know there's all that planning ahead there's all that thought and that thought process and those sort of final activities will be taking place in Q4 for moving into that Q1 so is it that within sort of our Q4 strategy for B2B would be looking to sort of communicate those 2024 goals and how do we support them in whatever ever sort of industry we work in how do we support our business audience and making sure they feel like they've got that in hand they've got that under control ahead of that downtime for Christmas as well so I think for me within the B2B world we definitely want to you know work with and understand how and when and why they prepare for 2024 and how we can sort of communicate that in our activity as well but jumping back to sort of B2C and that more consumer-based audience as we've touched on and sort of gone into retail is the key focus. That's where we're ultimately going to have that sort of intent. But I think a key one for me is understanding, you know, how do we keep the audience engaged through the whole quarter? We don't want just one small short of activity. And I think as well as I have sort of worked less effective than that longer term brand building activity as well and how we sort of continue with that and keep that trajectory up as well and with that sort of similar to that b2b focus how do we communicate our um goals for q1 how do we make sure that we're looking forward uh, a piece of research by meta particularly facebook had a look at when is the most likely time to consume different campaigns, engage with Facebook as a channel? And interestingly enough, the most um, intense time for talking about sort of New Year's resolutions and diet and exercise was Christmas Eve, weirdly enough. So I think people were keen to sort of negate that sort of guilt of what they were about to consume over the next uh, few days so it's you know how do we start communicating those new year's resolutions in line with christmas campaigns potentially and keep that sort of momentum going and yeah so you know looking at new year's resolutions the day before christmas ultimately christmas is on facebook that's more utilized then sort of post well, New Year's resolutions are looking at making up around 34% on, on Meta as a channel. So I think, you know, ultimately we need to consider how our audience are behaving, but also how they're behaving on those social channels and how we can sort of run messages together at the same time that share a consistent theme of whether it is that Q4 focus or moving into Q1. And I think ultimately those social channels are an influential way of doing so. So it's all around how do we be completely prepared, whether in a B2B sense or a B2C sense, to be able to move that sort of trajectory forward and keep that campaign running as effectively as possible without being just a short, sharp burst of activity. Thank you. So I suppose that one of from yeah, no, just from the, the, the Google side of things. So um, one of the, the big themes that I got from, I say, when I was at, at Google last week and to kind of share with kind of the listeners would be, I suppose, three key areas that applies to this period, but also in into, into next year. And I suppose even just like general best practice is the importance in terms of having a clear line of sight on 
your your media. So what I mean by that is the the measurability of performance um, is so important across this peak period because it is going to be where advertisers spend the most amount of money. So if things like if you don't, for example, have durable measurement infrastructure, and to simplify that is if you don't have conversion tracking in place, that is a huge um, potential missed opportunity where you will be making um, ill-informed decisions off the back of it. So that's, that's really important in terms of understanding your media. Um, in addition to that is for retailers, and this is only applicable to retailers, is things like when you're running your product listed ad campaigns, feed health is absolutely a priority because the last thing you want is that going down across, not well, Black Friday, obviously, but but in particular the, the month of December and even beyond that. Um, one other area to maybe ex expand on that, and it's something I've mentioned many times on these masterclasses and millions of times within MediaWorks, is the importance of this strategy alignment in terms of what your business is doing to what your marketing teams, whether that be performance marketing or, or other types of kind of marketing teams, is that alignment in terms of what the business is trying to do to what your, your marketing teams are doing is absolutely into, uh, is absolutely key across this period, specifically from a performance marketing perspective. There's, there's two areas that I would look at. One is that media spend. I've seen some um, like performance in the past where people have significantly underinvested across peak and they maybe have an incredible 20 to one return, but it highlights a huge missed opportunity where they, if they'd planned ahead and they had freed up more cash, they could have utilized that in peak and driven more demand, acquired more customers and really had a stronger start to 2024. Um, in addition to that, um, so it's linking in with that, is really understanding some of the more business and um, finance metrics that underpin your campaigns. So that is, is tied in with the media spend side of things because if your ideal return on ad spend is a six to one where you have the most amount of net profit, understanding gross margin is, is quite important as part of that, but aligning what your media spend is going to be and therefore what the, the required revenue outcome needs to be is so important to understand that when you look back at things in January, you actually look back and you have the right amount of profit or not sorry, the right amount of profit, but you have profit that is reflective of, of um, kind of showing strong performance across the period. Um, and then finally, um, with this period, there's so much demand out there. So utilize all of the different types of campaigns that are available on the likes of Google and Meta um, things like Advantage Plus on the Meta side. Within the Google side, we have things like Performance Max, which everyone will be aware of. But the big launch that has either just came out or is about to come out is Demand Gen, which utilizes things like inventory YouTube shorts, which Richie, I'm sure, will eventually get to because it's similar to TikTok. Um, <laughs> those types of things um, are, are a really powerful to be able to unlock that demand and, and acquire a new user fantastic thanks tom um that one tom definitely <laughs> yeah and yeah, no, i'll send you the link <laughs> so guys let's, let's see if we can round this off a little bit um like it, you know I, I think we all know it's kind of potentially a golden quarter for 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 us marketers what what would be the one thing each of you might might suggest your top hack or piece of advice for for, for our listeners today anna start with you yeah, I think, I mean, sort of a consistent uh, recommendation from me, but it is, you know, understand your audience and understand the market they're operating in, sort of the experiences they may be having. Don't potentially communicate blindly, should we say, you know, take into consideration pressures they might have, things that might be, you know, important to them and make sure that that's consistent across your market and mix whatever channels you operate on whether that is around, you know, building trust and utilising those trust metrics or just coming across as a brand with empathy and able to support through what is a very prosperous season, but potentially season with pressures and how we can communicate that value and that experience from engaging with the brand ultimately. Nice. Richie? Um, yeah, for me, it's just put a bit of passion and caring into the creative and messaging. Um, if you can get a campaign that triggers the emotions, i.e. brings a tear to your eye, fills you with nostalgia, um, or even make you laugh out loud, then we're 100% on a winner with that one. But for me as well, just planning. Plan two to three months ahead. Leave plenty of time to get that creative ready for the holidays um, or even go a little bit earlier and build it up with Black Friday, Cyber Monday, anything like that, or even if we're doing 
Thanksgiving. I know that's kind of creeping in into the UK at the moment. Um, yeah, so to sum up, that's that's from me. Super. I think uh, mine would be um, maybe going quite specific in terms of, a, of an action is that this will be the second uh, peak period that we're using things like performance max. Um, one of the learnings that I have from last year is the importance of managing um, incremental spend. So a campaign might be, at, a, say, a five to one. And it's important that if you, for every pound you next put into that campaign, you're driving, say, four pounds of return from it, that there's actual the investment you're making is adding value. One of the limitations um, of Performance Max is that it can cannibalize brand um, search activity. So it might make your campaign performance look a lot better than it perhaps is. So one of the things that we've done for all of our retailers that have substantial volumes of brand is have a clear, um, first of all, a clear ability to measure brand versus non-brand across Performance Max. And then off the back of that, we can make decisions in terms of how we are running the campaigns to have much tighter controls over if we are to invest that I say that that additional pound into the campaigns and it, it's likely to be generics. Um, we're able to measure that. Are we going to get a, a like an incremental and a profitable return from that? Because if for every pound you spend, you get 50p back, that's not very good. Um, so, so that kind of brand bidding and incrementality testing slash measuring is quite important in particular for this peak period again because the stakes are so high from a media investment side of things super thank you yeah i, I think if if i if there was one one final thing for me I, I think it was kind of it's that read the room a little bit i think there's there's so many great things that the guys have brought to us there that, that kind of um that there's some clear evidence there that spend might not be quite where it has been in the past but the intent still will be so um making that work hard for yourself is 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 obviously really really important um but then understanding that kind of people maybe are in in, in sort of you know slightly straightened times um, and, and, and kind of communicating accordingly, I, I think is going to go is going to go a long way. Um, guys, Anna, Tom, uh, Richie, thanks so much for for your contributions today. Um, really appreciate it. This um, this chat will be um, edited very briefly and then put live on our websites uh, probably uh, by the end of the day, maybe tomorrow. So if there is anything you wanted to go and dig a bit deeper in or listen again. Um, please go and check that out. Um, we will be back again in a couple of weeks' time, I think, where we're talking about website optimization. So I hope um, for those of you who that would be relevant for, we would love to see you again in a couple of weeks' time. Um, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you again soon. Cheers now. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.